0: You're listening to Unapologetic Leadership, a podcast that focuses on reflecting on the work that we're doing as school leaders and challenging ourselves to grow within our experiences. I'm your host, Dr. Marcus Beelan. I'm a principal, a father of three, a husband, and I am driven by the passion of educating young people. I'm super excited about this journey of creating this podcast that will remain honest and practical. It's time to strengthen the pipeline of educators and school leaders and begin this journey of exploring unapologetic leadership. I am here with Dr. Amy Dixon, who is the president of the Illinois Principals Association and also principal down at Jefferson and Lincoln Attendance Centers. Um, and Amy, it is so great to have you on. Thank you for um, spending some time with me today.
1: Dr. Bielan, I'm so excited to be talking with you. It's always a pleasure. And I am super uh, proud of the sleep of faith that you're you're jumping out on with the podcast. So way to go.
0: Well, thank you. It is definitely um, uh, a, a leap for sure, uh, <laughs> but I'm excited about just the journey um, to be able to to share the stories of uh, and the work of administrators and school leaders and uh, people who are, who serve in a leadership capacity um, to some degree of of what's going on, you know, and, and hearing the voice. And so you're down in Carmi, Illinois. Uh, tell us where is that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I am in southeastern Illinois. Our district actually borders Indiana. So yeah, we're pretty uh, distant from one another, but I think that's one of the things that makes Illinois a great state. It's definitely vastly different from the north to the south, but um, we are just a a rural school district. We only have about 1,400 students. So I know we don't have as many students K-12 as you do in your high school. So I I know it's a lot different, but um, I certainly love what I do.
0: That's awesome. So can you tell me a little bit just about your uh, school culture pre-pandemic?
1: Sure. Um, so pre-pandemic, we are a pretty tight-knit community. I'm, I'm super fortunate that I live in a community that respects what we do with public education, and we have great students and great families that support us, um, have a great staff. Um, but I would definitely say pre-pandemic, um, what we do well is that hands-on, face-to-face learning, and when that was taken away from us due to the pandemic, um, that, that was one of those moments where you would gasp just a little bit because that, that was just our niche. That's what we did well. That's what we loved. Um, as you know, we are so much more than just academics, so we would take care of the physical needs of our students. We would take care of the social-emotional needs, and we just we loved that personal touch that we had. Um, with our students and our families. And we really did take a lot of pride in just trying to educate the whole child and, and just take care of the whole child and their family um, because we know that family support is so important. So I think that is one advantage of living in a smaller uh, community in a smaller district um, that we did well which just, we knew our students well and we were able to just wrap lots of supports around them.
0: That's that is so great to hear uh, to be being, being able to focus on the whole child or, or holistically uh, thinking of education um, and so you know you talk about social emotional supports for kids you know the pandemic has uh, completely rocked their world right and his um, you know they went from being able to hang out with each other to understanding the new term of social distancing and wearing masks and Uh, and having to stay in their homes and not be able to go to school and get over that challenge. So um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, the social emotional support and what you uh, did during the pandemic to keep your kids connected to uh, your school?
1: Yeah, so just to kind of go back there for a moment. um, this was really personal for me at home as well as in my um, profession. So I've been a school leader for 20 years. I've been in education for 25 and I perhaps came into education a little bit different. Marcus, we've talked about this before. Um, I graduated from U of I with a master's degree in school social work. So I worked as a school social worker for five years before getting into ed leadership. So um, that social emotional realm has just always been a passion of mine. And and that skill set is something that I, I feel that I use every single day in working with kids and, and families. Um, but where I say it was personal, I had my oldest daughter was a senior in high school. So she, um, she was also an athlete. So she felt that, you know, here she was, her senior seasons were being taken away. And and fear of not having a graduation, and a senior prom, and all those milestones that that you walk through in life with your children, and then our son was leaving eighth grade to go into high school, and really looking forward to his eighth grade track season, and and all of that, so I felt like I had a really up-close and personal look of what that looked like, um, as far as how it was affecting students in my own home, and then from a school leadership perspective, perspective, really thinking about what that looks like for students that maybe their parents, you know, are, were facing hardships of losing a job or being sick. And so they didn't even have that support that thankfully my husband and I, both being educators, were able to provide to our students. Because as you know, we were spending a lot of time with them at home, especially at the beginning when the whole state shut down. Um, As far as what we brought to the students. I, I just couldn't be more proud of my, my staff. Um, first of all, they, they just did an amazing job of doing socially distanced home visits, um, you know, trying to feed uh, our students in our community. They, they just, they did a great job of stepping out in the community, um, masking up, wearing you know gloves trying to be as safe as possible but going and visiting our families and trying to really see you know what their needs were listening to them um as a district we finally went one-to-one k-12 because not all of our grade levels have been one-to-one and i'll tell you i'm also a director of instruction and curriculum for our district and i did not want my kindergartners to be one-to-one with devices initially because i felt like so many of them were coming into our environment Kind of hooked on those devices, and I really thought that, especially at kindergarten, it was important for them to learn to hold a pencil the right way, and hold a book, and learn how to approach reading. And so, I really had to do, um, you know, a mind shift with all of that. And we did we did a great job of getting one to one devices, um, getting MiFi's for homes, or getting our school buses to have Wi-Fi on them, and parking them throughout the community. So I really felt like, from every angle, we were just trying our very best to step out of our comfort zone, really push ourselves with technology in areas that we kind of always thought, oh yeah, we wanna learn that someday, but we really hadn't jumped off the cliff, so to speak, to really um, looking at virtual classrooms and, and teaching in that environment. So I just couldn't be more proud of my staff in just putting themselves out there to learn new things and connect with the kids. And then at, being at elementary, I mean, they just did so many cool things. They would dress up as superheroes to do their Zoom meetings. And I know that sounds so silly, but I think sometimes the kids tuned into the next Zoom meeting just to see what the next superhero was going to be or what crazy idea the teacher had come up with. And I think all of those were just hooks to try to keep the kids engaged. Um, Because as you know, after a while, we all were really tired of the Zoom connecting. And so I think they just had to really push themselves to find new ways to connect with the kids and to to get them engaged in the learning environment.
0: Yeah, so, you know, so much of of connecting with kids, right, is is just wanting to be, um, as I call it, on fire for kids, right? You know, and, and what would you say, um, you know, are the uh, experiences that you've had as a leader, right? You created this culture where, you know, you have a staff that's on fire for kids willing to go out into the neighborhood, feed them, check in on them, make sure that they're doing good, uh, even as they were going through some of these challenges. But um, what would you say are some of the, the the big decisions that you have had to make over the course of this time um, that have made you stronger as a leader uh, during the pandemic?
1: I don't know if they were big decisions necessarily, but Marcus, I really feel that... Um it really brought me back to a lot of the basics, like my staff needed information and clear communication. So I really made sure that as the leader of the building, I slowed down and I was providing as much information as I could um, to them and just making sure that I was very clear in my communication and, and trying not to overwhelm them with anything extra. But as you know, things were constantly changing and they were changing quickly. So just making sure that I kind of went back to those basic leadership values of just clear communication, making sure that I'm listening, um, making sure that I'm checking on them and their own social emotional well-being. Um, Because like I said, as a mom, I was kind of mourning those last things that my daughter was missing out on or my son was missing out on. So just realizing that their walk may have looked much different than mine, but just having that empathy and listening and really connecting. And um, I, you know, stepping away from worrying so much about the academic part of it, because at that point, when we were first in the early stages of the pandemic, you know, the academics weren't what was most important. We needed to to take care of one another as human beings. We needed to check in on one another. We needed to make sure we were healthy and safe and, and that we had all those basic needs. So I just really think um, from a leadership perspective, it was slowing down to really communicate clearly. It's okay, you and I both know, it's okay to not always have all the answers Mm -hmm. for our staff and our students. Um, But as long as we're transparent and we're being honest with them, that's what they really want. They just, they want to know um, that we're telling them as much as we can and being as honest and, and transparent as we can.
0: I think that, you know, you hit the nail on the head, you know, in terms of just the vulnerability, right, of, of understanding, like, you're not going to have all of the answers, uh, right. but, you know, you'll continue to work to to get that, um, you know, for your staff, which I think is, it's just key in any situation, right, um, the pandemic has really taken us all back to kind of that core of, what are our values? What are our beliefs? And right. almost as like a first year principle, right? Of
1: It's so of- true. Yeah, because what connected us all at the end of the day is that we were simply trying to do what was best for students in a very unfamiliar time. And it's times like those that push us to get better and everyone pitching in to do whatever it took to connect with the kids. Like you said, those core values of just loving our students and loving them well and trying to meet their needs. So part was great
0: um so let i got one uh one last question for you right so as as you are kind of moving your building through the through leading in this pandemic uh and it seems as though there's a bright side right there's a light at the end of the tunnel right the vaccines are rolling out um we're bringing more kids back into the building um to be able to to educate them If you had to um, write the future, right? And and what normalcy looks like in your building when the pandemic has kind of made its pass through, what does it look like uh, for for Jefferson and Lincoln Attendance Centers?
1: Yeah, so unlike you guys, down here in Southeastern Illinois, we actually started, we were one of the few districts, but we actually started face-to-face with our students in August. We started the school year as we had planned. Um, of course they had the remote learning option. And we had about 85% of our parents choose the face-to-face option the first semester. So that's why we chose to open our doors. We, we put the surveys out to our community, that's what they wanted. So we tried to to the very best that we could, we followed all the IDPH and, and ISBE guidelines to open our doors safely. And so we have been open all school year and we've learned a lot and it's been hard, but I will tell you, we are sitting right now with 92% of our students in face-to-face instruction. And it's gone really, really well. Um, But I really think not only did we have rocky times getting through those immediate changes, but once we got the school doors open, um, I really feel that teachers have just really benefited and kind of um, just... Knowing that we could open successfully and provide instruction to our students and get more comfortable with the remote setting, just all of that positivity just kept building off of one another. And um, there were times where it's been really tough. We we struggle at the high school level still to engage some of our students in the remote environment. Um, I think the sad part is the pandemic has really exemplified that divide that we have in our district between those students that have academic supports at home and those that do not. And so that's something that we continue to fight. But honestly, that was the same fight we fought even before um, the pandemic. So I just feel like our new normal of instructional delivery is going to be even more positive and beneficial than it had been in the past because we've learned so many new tricks of the trade and so many things that we had to do because of the pandemic. We're like, why haven't we been doing this all along? It's just, it's easier, it's better for kids. so I feel like not only have we just survived the pandemic, but I feel like we're really thriving in it. And I think it will um, continue to be different and <laughs> challenging at times. I think, you know, we're vastly different throughout the state of Illinois because our districts and our communities look so different. Um, but at the end of the day, I think our kids are going to have better academic opportunities because our, our teachers are just so much stronger. They've just really increased its their skill set, and just put them out themselves out there to try new things, and so I think that'll just breed them trying more and more new things, and and just continuing to grow, um, because they realize that it's okay to fail. I mean, we have failed in some areas at times, but we've just gotten back up and and we've tried something new the next week, and um, we've just really found a lot of success in that. So I just think the whole. Um, experience of having to change and having to change quickly. And then to really all of us being in a brand new environment and um, has just taught us that we can survive and truly together, I should say, we can survive. It's that togetherness, that unity, that banding together, relying on one another, um, just really going back to our core values of serving kids, And I just think we've gotten better at it and we'll continue to get better. Now, I'm not gonna say that didn't come with a lot of, you know, sweat and tears at times. I'm trying to get there, but it's been been great to be on this side of it and to see our students back in the classroom. And I truly feel like our students just, we just benefit off of their energy because they're excited to be back together. Of course, they're still wanting to move Further and faster than us, they're wanting to have proms and all that stuff that we're not comfortable with yet. But I think, you know, eventually we'll be able to create some more opportunities for them to be together in a more normal environment. But just giving them the experiences that they've had so far and seeing just their smiles and their energy just really fuels us to, to keep going. And um, it just shows us that all that hard work was really worth it. So, well, that is it's just been great.
0: That's definitely a great, um, you know, lens to focus on, right? You know, in uh, a lot of the media and a lot of, you know, when people talk about schools and, you know, kind of where we are and, you know, I'm up here closer to CPS and just some of the challenges that, uh, you know, other districts are facing, um, it's always the negative side of like, hey, here's what the pandemic has done to us, uh, as opposed to trying to change that. Uh, trying to change that, that, that lens to change the narrative of here's what the pandemic has done for us. Yeah, I think we've been able to push the status quo of education. We've been able to, uh, to jump in, you know, light years ahead of where we are, you know, (laughs) back in April, March, April, if you told a teacher like, hey, I want you to take your classroom and put it into an online format. They probably were freaking out, like, this is not even possible. We can't do it. And yet we are getting ready to come up on a year where we've had.
1: Absolutely. To
0: so that's awesome. Well, uh, Amy, it has definitely been great to uh, to spend some time with you. Uh, if there are people that just want to learn about what's going on down in uh, in Carmichael, Illinois, or they may be from a small t- town and just want to hear a little bit more. How do they connect with you?
1: Well, honestly, Twitter at Dr. Amy Dixon is uh, my Twitter handle. They can get in touch with me that way. I tell you, Marcus, that's one area I need to grow in. My staff do such awesome work every day, and I'm not great about putting everything that they do on Twitter, but anyone that sends me a personal message on Twitter, um, a direct message, I absolutely get back to them and, and connect with them so they can reach out. Um, and of course, being president of the IPA, I have to throw in there, I think it's so, so important for people to get involved in their state and national organizations, because really, I mean, school leaders have been there to support teachers and guide parents and serve our students through the multitude of cha- challenges this school year, and they need to connect um, with their state organizations and, and their national organizations so that they can recharge and renew their purpose and passion as well. So. I would just encourage everyone to either reach out to me on Twitter or uh, get involved in their organizations because it truly does um, help strengthen them at the end of the day.
0: Well, that is awesome. Dr. Dixon, it is a pleasure um, to to speak with you today and and to connect. Um, I got some big shoes to fill as I follow, you know, the ranks of your presidency and the organization. So I'm excited about that venture as well. Um, But thanks again for being here. I appreciate it so much.
1: You are welcome. I enjoyed talking to you as well. And it's never too early to put in a plug for your presidency and your um, your annual conference in October of 2021, I guess it will be, right? The yep. 100th anniversary. So yep. um, as soon as mine's over, they need to jump on and register because you are going to wow them. I've heard all of your awesome planning, so it's <laughs> going to be great.
0: It's going it to be fun. It's definitely going to be a blast that's awesome. all right
1: well thanks for all you do have a great day yeah,
0: you too thanks amy. i want to thank dr amy dixon for joining us on the podcast unapologetic leadership you know one of the most important aspects of being a school leader is connecting and networking with others whether that be through social media or by joining your state or national organization uh, for school leadership Anything that's supporting school leaders and giving you ideas to be able to try within your school building, but also to to be able to reflect and uh, connect with others is very, very important and is critical to our growth as school leaders. I can tell you joining my state organization and uh, being connected and engaged on social media uh, with like minded people, especially people who are going to challenge me and push me, uh, has helped me to grow in my uh, leadership ability. So definitely get involved. Take the opportunity. And if you're not already doing so, why wait? Get started today. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of Unapologetic Leadership. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus J. or you can visit me on my website, drmarcusbeeland.com. I would love to connect with you. Remember, take care of yourself. Be well, stay safe, and be unapologetically you.